Good evening, welcome to the Snake River Lib. It's the 23rd of August. A week ago today, the uh, President, uh, President Biden, was rushed back to the White House from uh, watching Matlock reruns at Camp David to um, hastily and horribly address the American people on what happened in Afghanistan and what continues to happen today. He then went back to Camp David, only to come back again, um, realizing that perhaps taking a vacation while Americans have no way out of a foreign land is not the best optics. I posed a question last week, uh, not here on the lib, but, well, on, on my Facebook page, as to what would be worse, the, the, uh, the puppeteers that are manipulating Biden, if that's the case, or if Biden's actually in charge. Right now, we really don't know. We, we see a greatly diminished capacity that he is consistently contradicting what his experts say. And, and truthfully, in regards to Afghanistan, there really does need to be a, a wholesale termination of some level here with with whether it's you know and we need to get down to really who is responsible here now of course the president in his weak statement last week said that the buck stopped there but he then proceeded to blame everyone else including donald trump uh, now we know of course that you know trump had uh, every intention to get out why he didn't get out much sooner I don't know why he left it to somebody who was a known warmonger. Um, I don't know that either. I can't answer that question. And and it's one of the many flaws of President Trump. But he had set a timetable to do it, along with many other things. And, of course, uh, President Biden's uh, excuse regarding Trump is that the plans were already in motion. Nothing he could do about it, unlike... Uh, President Trump's executive orders regarding immigration and the border, regarding uh, the Keystone Pipeline, which Barack Obama's um, EPA, State Department, and Department of Interior had approved. And so there needs to be some serious... Uh, um, Naval gazing, I guess, is the term to use. But somebody, the Democrats, I'm not sure if they fully realize how bad things are for them going into the election next year. Because there's real potential for this to be a bloodbath. Of course, that's counting on a Republican Party that is infamous for shooting itself in the foot and other parts of the body. So nothing's a given. Speaking of Donald Trump's plans, a federal judge um, in Texas had put a, 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 a stay on um, President Biden's executive order eliminating the Remain in Mexico policy that President Trump had, 
had set up in an agreement with the president of Mexico. Federal judge had had uh, uh, said no, enough, likely to win on the merits. Uh, the Biden administration did a, an appeal to the federal appeals court, and they said, "No, we we think that this will win." And so now there's an emergency appeal to the Supremes, and and as it turns out, it's uh, Justice Alito. It's going to be the one that decides on the emergency appeal whether or not the court decides to hear the case or whether a stay may be issued. Uh, be that as it may, the Remain in Mexico policy technically is back in place effective last Saturday. My guess is the administration is ignoring it just like they ignore everything else. And doing things their way, just like they did during the Trump administration, except for when uh, and when Donald Trump realized that he had no control over the executive branch that he is over, he went to Mexico and said, you're going to do this or else. You know, um, I know I'm all over the place, but when, when it comes to Afghanistan and other places, you know, we were told that the adults were in the room now. We were told that, that, that you know, America's back. We've heard that time and time again, that the world loves us, blah, blah, blah. Well, the Taliban, Taliban uh, laid down the gauntlet, and they said, no, you're not staying past August 31st. Had Donald Trump still been president, I'm not sure what would have happened, but I know that they would have recognized that this is the same that Donald Trump was the same president that while having dinner with the Chinese premier ordered a bomb strike in Syria. No one likes a superpower. There's nothing that you can do overseas that will make these governments like us. No matter how much money we pour in in foreign aid, no matter what kind of trade deals we work out, Because of our ability, well, perhaps in the past, we'll see, um, to wield power, they are going to fear us, and no one likes to fear. Which we'll soon learn from the Chinese. I've mentioned previously about uh, my last one about, about uh, Taiwan. And probably the big loser. But as I was thinking about that today, I realized another huge loser potentially is South Korea. If people start to, if governments, friend and foe, start to believe that the United States is not going to back up its word, then all these tripwires are going to fall. 
And Taiwan is going to have to realize that, yes, I guess they are a part of China, which probably, by the way, the Philippines and many others will have to realize that as well. When the president was confronted by a CBS reporter, not a Fox News reporter, but a CBS reporter, about a poll showing that Americans think that he's no longer competent to be president, essentially, he said simply, I haven't seen that poll. But I want to go back to Justice Alito, which uh, I went on the tangent, and I apologize for that. Justice Alito is the, the Supreme Court justice overseeing Texas uh, and that circuit. And he is the one that decides whether or not this emergency appeal by the White House will be heard and whether or not to issue a stay on going back to the Remain in Mexico policy. For those who don't remember, the Remain in Mexico policy was when Donald Trump said, why should we have to process these people when they go, go through a third-party country, meaning Mexico, to get to the United States? And so they told, the President Trump told Mexico that they needed to keep these people from getting to the United States. And Mexico, by and large, had reduced the flow of people into the United States to the point where it's the lowest flow in probably 50-plus years. Of course, now we're at the largest flow ever um, coming across the border. Which, by the way, for security purposes, when you talk about the threat of terrorism and everything, that alone should have military on the border. And, I mean, right now the ports of entry are closed except for essential personnel because of COVID. We're going to talk about COVID on the other side of the break. So people trying to get across legally can't. So there's technically no legal immigration coming out of Mexico right now. I'd love to hear a correction on that. Um, I, I'm willing to accept that. But that's the latest that I've read, is that the ports of entry are restricted to essential travel only. Now, Justice Alito has good cause to deny the appeal, or the emergency appeal. And that cause sad as I am to say it, it is an unconstitutional decision that was issued by Justice Roberts. I'll try, I'll try to put a link to it in the, in the uh, um, comment for the, for the podcast, or I might, I'll follow up later on that. Uh, I'll try to do that tonight, though. Um, Justice Roberts, on the DACA case, uh, the, the kids who came here illegally, but they came here as children, uh, they granted legal status by President Obama. Um, President Trump did an executive order canceling DACA, essentially. And and uh, Justice Roberts, writing for the majority, upheld 
President Obama's executive order. Of course, there is absolutely no cause for him to do that. In fact, the Constitution would stress otherwise. I mean, judicial review is, in my view, uh, is an iffy proposition at best. Anyway, we've come to accept it, so there you have it. However, an executive order to override another executive order should be about as clear-cut legitimate as can be. But now we have a case where an executive order, um, Biden ending Remain in Mexico, overriding President Trump's Remain in Mexico policy. Based on Justice Roberts' decision previously, this should be a no-brainer, should be a 6-3 ruling now that you've got uh, um, five, five, uh, five conservatives and Roberts, or five uh, um, constitutionalists, more or less, more or less, and Roberts, who's not conservative or constitutionalist. Um, Justice Alito should have no problem just on that ruling alone, stare decisis, Lib's favorite thing when it comes to um, Roe versus Wade, but not so much Citizens United or Heller, um, say, you know what, there, there's no basis for an emergency appeal. I mean, we'll, we'll let it play out in the lower courts, and if it gets, you know, if you want to appeal it to us later, that's fine, but we're not going to, we're not going to hear an emergency request to stay the ruling. We'll be right back uh, in just a moment. And here we are back again. Um, one of the things that's been, really been troubling me a lot lately, I, I mentioned a little bit about the, the whole um, standing up for freedom and being accused of being a mask denier. also know about the controversy and uh, instigated some of that controversy myself by saying that a school district, yes, should have the right to to demand masks, but a state should not. Um, and so we're going to just pile on a little bit more COVID. One thing that's always been bothering me uh, since the beginning is this is this insistence that COVID-19, unlike every other virus on the planet, does not give any kind of natural immunity to those who have been infected. Think about that for a moment. Here, here's a virus. I mean, if that in and of itself doesn't say it's engineered, if that's true, then what else would? Because nearly every other virus, once you've been infected with it, you develop natural antibodies. Your body builds up a natural immunity to that virus again. And even if you catch the virus again, uh, the likelihood of it being severe or necessitating hospitalization is very low. Now, there are a number of studies in the United States to prove that. There is also a study out of Israel. There's Israel right now, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, is seeing a huge spike in COVID cases, in spite of being one of the most vaccinated in the world. And what they're finding is the people that are getting sick with their latest variant. 
there are seven times as many people going to the hospital for COVID that were vaccinated compared to the number of people who had COVID previously and have developed a natural immunity. Seven times as many. And that 40% of those in the hospital are vaccinated. 1% of those who have COVID again are the people who had natural immunities. Why is it that in this country, the United States, the CDC and pencil pusher Fauci will not acknowledge natural immunity? as a valid alternative to being vaccinated. Why is it that in any number of immunologists and researchers have said that if you've had COVID, that you have protection comparable to the vaccine, and even if you get it again, it will likely not be serious in nature. Why is it that these studies are not out there? Oh, I'm sorry. The studies are out there. Why aren't they news? How much is the government paying Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson for these vaccines? Of which they have absolutely no accountability for. Pfizer was the Pfizer vaccine was approved today, so you can uh, expect to see um, mandates, businesses, government before too long, proof that you have a vaccine, vaccine passports, if you will, in spite of what of what states are going to do to try to stop it. Once the vaccine's approved, they can theoretically mandated. I don't think the federal government can actually mandate anybody to do anything. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing with the federal government. But on a much smaller level, and of course a business, in my opinion now, if they want to say that everybody has to be vaccinated, a business should have the right to do that unless there are um, credible medical reasons why why you are not. But school districts I don't think right now can technically mandate an unapproved vaccine. But Pfizer's no longer unapproved. Pfizer's now approved. Moderna will happen in a few, in a little while. And probably Johnson Johnson will as well. Speaking of masks, um, of course, you know, here in the United States, the CDC and pencil pusher Fauci um, have stated that we kids need to wear masks whether or not they are vaccinated. Um, 
I think kindergarten on that, but that's probably going to vary because, again, they can't actually mandate that, even though somehow they're able to manage mandate a not paying rent. By the way, for those of you who are, are living rent-free, um, just as a reminder, you still owe that money. And these eviction moratoriums are going to end. And short of federal government doing another bailout, which is a strong possibility, you, who has not paid, are going to be on the hook for every month that you've lived there. And the fact that you've already lived there is going to make it very difficult for a judge to just wipe away the debt because you've already received the benefit. But did you know, I get off on these tangents, I apologize for that. Um, did you know over in Europe and the UK, the UK, they've mandated that uh, certainly younger than 12 um, do not need to mask going to school. And the European CDC has said the same thing. Guy Benson, who is a, um, a writer at Town Hall, he's, he's, a, he's not a never-Trumper, but, but he had a lot of issues with Trump, as did all of us. Um, he pointed this out, the fact that, that the CDC over in Europe says that the, uh, risks outweigh the benefits as far as, um, wearing masks goes for children. And he said, well, if they're saying that they're denying the science again, there is very little science, actual science on this. And the results are certainly not conclusive that masking up kids who are the least likely to be down with COVID or seriously ill with COVID, that masking them outweighs the social and emotional and mental benefits of not wearing a mask. Too much interaction is missed between people with a mask on. A couple more items. Um, IRS has reported that 2020, uh, somewhere north of 60% of all Americans paid zero federal income tax. They're anticipating this year it'll be, and of course this is due in large part to, well, primarily due to COVID, but also due to the tax credits, et cetera, the COVID relief bills, unemployment, blah, blah, blah. Next year they anticipate it'll drop down to 57%. Here's the thing. Anytime you have 50% 
plus one voter. The tax code will never be fair. And it will always be skewed towards those people who are out there working, earning, earning income and paying taxes. Now, does that mean if you didn't pay income tax, does that mean that you didn't work? No, 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 not at all. Just means that you didn't earn enough to qualify for the blessing of having to actually pay Uncle Sam rather than get from him. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm dead space. I was just trying to figure out exactly where I was going with that. Um, only to say simply that that when you have 50% plus one not paying taxes, you're never going to be able to come back and say you have to pay your fair share when you implement things like free college tuition or free Medicare or Medicare for all. Okay, and you say, well, we're going to have to have a tax to pay for that. People are going to say, wait a minute. I thought the rich were paying for it, and they're never going to vote for a tax. And, and you can say, oh, that's not true. But as I've highlighted previously, when I've talked about segregated school systems, whether they're uh, legally segregated or, in fact, just segregated by what part of town they're in, um, it's all the same. And what happens? Even though the only way to improve an education system is to improve the school district, you know, get more funds to the district, people are... People that are not paying for that load are not going to vote to start paying for it. Some might, of course. And more power to them. But at what point do you put too much on those who are producing, those who are creating jobs? those who are trying to create jobs, at what point do they say, you know what? Screw this. And then they say, who is John Galt? We might talk next time on all the things where Atlas Shrugged is, is coming to fruition. I'll think about that. But in the meantime, just you know, as we talk about tax dollars and 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 how your tax dollars are, uh, are going to pay for somebody else's stuff, just remember this. Your tax dollars have made the Taliban one of the best equipped armies in the world. Thanks, Joe.